And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, here we go. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here. It is Wednesday, May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo, Revenge of the 5th, whichever holiday you want to uh, celebrate. We are just having business as usual because, you know, that's how it goes around here. I'm boring that way. Uh couple of things here. We are broadcasting to YouTube, Facebook, and Odyssey, and it looks like the signal is good everywhere. So, so far, so good. I'm not going to tempt the gremlins, but you never know about these things. The chat's open. Comments are active. If you want to uh, share your thoughts, either live here during the show or afterwards, you can also send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi.com, or you can join our socials, meet with us over there. We've also got a newsletter you can sign up for. And uh, if you are so inclined for podcast form, we're available on all the major podcast players, even some of the minor podcast players. And speaking of news, we have some breaking news to start with. Let's get to that here. Just a quick moment. Tom Hiddleston taking to social media to make the announcement that Loki is moving Dates and this uh, breaking in variety is also in deadline, which you know it's the same company. Loki star Tom Hiddleston made the announcement his Disney Plus series is moving up its release date two days to Wednesday, June 9th, and it will follow all of the other subsequent episodes will fall on Wednesday instead of Friday as well. Hiddleston says Wednesday is the new Friday, and it's almost it's very reminiscent of when DC last year, when they changed their distribution model, they started saying that Tuesday is the new Wednesday because Wednesday is new comics day for everybody now, except DC comics, which changed their distribution model last year and went with lunar. And I believe is a U- UCS DCS LCS. I can't remember exactly, but that kind of a change seems to have touched off a number of other changes, and the comics distribution landscape has changed over the last year and a half very much. And there's a new entry onto the field, Comic Distro, and the founder and uh, executive what in charge, Mr. Austin Oswaki, is joining us this morning. Hello, sir. How are you? Fine. Thanks for the interview. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm thinking, you know, when, when DC Comics made their announcement, and they changed their distribution model and got away from Diamond last year, there was a lot of blowback, there was a lot of pushback, there was a lot of angst and the hand-wringing, and, oh, this is going to kill the industry. But the industry was pretty much on its, on, on its deathbed at that point anyway, on life support anyway. Diamond has had so many issues... Uh, both in terms of complaints about how they operate and and their customer service and whatnot. But then also you have now, just a few weeks ago, Marvel making the announcement that they're going to shift away from Diamond and start using Penguin Random House for all of their distribution, including their monthly titles, the floppies, the issues, that actually go to the comic book shops. And now we have Comic Distro adding to the mix and this is kind of a different model altogether i mean this is really a horse of another color in terms of how you're getting books out to shops so how does this work exactly basically the publisher they upload their print ready pdf onto the platform and a retailer would go to the platform to place orders for their stores once we receive the orders, we would send those orders to our reputable printing partner. They would print, fulfill, and ship the books directly to the retailer's store. So this is essentially a print-on-demand model that's business-to-business. You're making – where whereas you know, people could go to Amazon, for example, and they can print a copy of my book. Now you're doing that same kind of thing 
where the retailers, the comic book shops, the bookstores, whoever wants to sell the book on their shelves goes to your site. They make an order for however many copies they make, and then those those get printed, and you don't print any overage. So there's no waste. There's no... You know, there's no lost revenue or anything like that. Where did this idea come from? Well, I was a publisher. I am a publisher with Ego Manga. We've been publishing comics for 20 years, and we've worked with many distributors, such as Diamond and mass market distributors, um, distributors that focus for schools and libraries and things. And we've we've been having like many small publishers, we've been having trouble getting our books um, listed in Diamond for a long time. It's usually a yes or a no with them. So it's 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 hard to build a business on, a, on arbitrary decision-making that Diamond does for books. So we just couldn't deal with it anymore like that. So we decided we just have to leverage our experience in publishing and dealing with distributors and just go with it ourselves and invite other publishers, large and small, on our platform and sell books directly to retailers. It sounds very much like the same uh, mode of thought that Peter Sumiti had when he took Alterna books away from Diamond and said, you know, they're they're not treating us well. They're not giving us any consideration as customers. We're not getting the respect that we should get. Um, you know, we're you know, DC and Marvel are getting preferential treatment. We're getting you know shunted away to the wayside. So you know, Alterna is setting up their own distribution model. You're setting up your distribution model. Does this democratize the distribution adequately, do you think? Or is this just a first step? What what comes after this? What kind of reaction have you gotten from this announcement, from, from what you're trying to do here? It's an interesting question. We were we've got a lot of support from the from independent publishers who have trouble getting into Diamond to begin with a lot of international publishers from other countries for whatever reason they can't get into the diamond, whether it's logistical reasons or tax reasons they can't get in. And yeah, they've been very supportive of our platform. And we're starting to get some interest um, from bigger groups. Um, They're coming around, they're asking questions and seeing if our model works for them. So it's, we're just gauging, um, I guess, feedback from um, different types of businesses. And because some businesses large, they already have their method of operations, they have their printing, and they don't want to change that for us. Right. And then, there, then there's, there's small, publishers who are okay and their game they're very flexible and nimble so well, our platform is perfect for them and and you guys just uh, announced a deal with tidal wave productions which I think this this used to be blue water is that right a long time ago yeah yeah so how did this deal come about did they come to you did you approach them I mean I don't want to get into to you know proprietary uh, operational stuff, but you know, Tidal Wave is a known entity. It's not you know some random indie comics creator off the street looking for a way to get his books out. This is you know, Tidal Wave's been around for a while, uh, and before that, Blue Water, and so that's not I mean, you know that's not insignificant. I wouldn't think. How did that deal come about? Well, I just noticed as the administrator of Comic Distro, we just noticed that they created an account. I don't recall us reaching out to to them directly or through a list of publishers. One day, they were just had an account on our platform, and then they sent us an email about needing help uploading their content on our platform because they have literally thousands of books in their um, in their collection. So we jumped at the chance to help them and 
and answer any questions they have about um, using our platform for their business. Now, what kind of response have you had from comic book shops, from the retail side of things? People are looking at this as saying, well, okay, how does this work exactly? Are, is the, has the feedback been fairly positive? You have, do you have a number of retailers that are signing up for this? Yeah, we. I don't want to say the number, but we do have retailers who signed up for it. Um, the majority, obviously, are publishers who are accounters who hold accounts on our platforms, and they. It's just the, the same response um, that we see with publishers because some retailers are already set in their ways. They just want to stay with Diamond, and other other retailers are very supportive. They want to support indie comics and. And they want to give um, publishers who don't have the exposure or the platform of Diamond, they want to give them a shot. So those companies are supportive of our of our platform and, and joined and they've, they've placed orders and we're very supportive. We're very happy about them. And we're just always trying to um, learn what's, the, what the what the retailer community wants for the um, for the for the platform. So we try to build and make modifications that's happy that that's happy that would make it make them happy and yeah. and hopefully um, give us um, more more distributors or more retailers who are on the platform. Like I said earlier, it, it just depends on the business. They're all independent large and small, and they all have their own needs. Some want to just work with Diamond. Others have issues logistically, and others are, are very supportive. Others want more, um, want to see samples of our of, of, of printing of the books. Yeah. So now, we want to accommodate everybody. When, when DC made their move away from Diamond, there were a lot of people that looked at it uh, kind of sideways. Uh, I know there were there were a few shops, uh, your usual suspects who were very vocal and very negative about it. Um, some people basically saying DC Comics are being sociopaths, or you know that that sort of thing. I mean, there was there was a touch of hyperbole in some of the reaction there, but it looks like DC made a smart move at that point because now you know here we are a year later and Marvel's doing the same thing. Is Diamond in that much trouble that we and, and I don't I, I know this is pure speculation here, so mm -hmm. I don't I don't want I don't want to commit you to anything and say well Austin Oswiecki said this, but just just off the cuff, where is Diamond in five years from all of this? Are are they are you hearing any chatter from publishers who have concerns about Diamond? even being around for very much longer? Well, frankly, I think Diamond, they're a multi-million dollar business. Frankly, I believe that since they're not working with Marvel directly, I think they will will just adjust and maybe be more um, yeah, friendly but they're, to But they're a multi-million dollar business who sat there and said, we can't pay our bills. We're going to have to put you off for six months. I mean, that doesn't sound like they're in a very, very viable position when all of this happened. I mean, granted, with the pandemic and, and all of these comic book shops not being open, you mm -hmm. can sell books. But comic book shops found a way to get the books out, you know, curbside and, and mail order and, and that sort of thing. And it seemed like Diamond's a little tone deaf. Uh, it, it did did your experience with Diamond and what other people have been saying about Diamond did that inform any any part of the process of how you set up Comic Distro? You look at Diamond yeah, and say, well, okay, well they're complaining about this. We're going to do it this other way. Well, it was <laughs> they've had these problems way before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I, I had the vision of Comic Distro. Um, because of the just the many years of dealing with them and just their how they're not very friendly towards small publishers, their their focus is only on the, on, on the enterprise level companies. Like a good example is when in nineteen in two thousand two thousand nine, 
they had some type of um, $2,000 benchmark where um, if they didn't feel that your, if your company can make them $2,000, then they won't list your, your book in their catalogs. It's a previews. And, and my company, um, we were victims of that as well as other um, companies as well. So that's, that's what was, that was like the, the big issue with me then was 2009 is that I was, we all knew that they were just focused on the big players then. And yeah, it's back to your other question. I, I think that, well, Marvel, they had like a 30% market share within Diamond with them and with them and DC um, leaving as well, law gone as well. They're, they're, I believe they're going to lift that benchmark that they had before. So to fill that void that, that um, DC and Marvel left, I feel that they have to try to be more um, welcoming to independence again. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned independent creators. There are a lot of them who are either they've walked away from Marvel and DC for whatever reason. A lot of it has to do you know, with, with a lot of these guys having to do with politics of the day. Um, others sitting there saying, well, why should I work for corporate comics and draw Superman when I can do my own book and I can create my own character and I own the IP? And there are a lot of those guys who are going over to crowdfunding, Indiegogo, Kickstarter, and you're even starting to see some of the more recognizable names, Sean Gordon Murphy, Scott Snyder, uh, who are going over into crowdfunding books. Uh, Boom Studios is doing stuff. Dynamite Comics is doing things over there. Are you seeing any response from that group signing up for your service? Are you seeing any of the any of the Comics to Get crowd, for example, or any any indie creator who says, "I don't really know where to put my book." This seems like a good idea. You can you can host it for me, and we can sell sell it that way. Once we get done with the with the the crowdfunding campaign, yeah, we we have some publishers who uh, have their book on on Kickstarter and or finished their campaign on Kickstarter, and they have their books on on our end. Um, basically, the difference between Kickstarter and Comic Distro is that Kickstarter is literally directly to the fans, directly to the consumers. And that's great. And Comic Distro, which was basically um, trying to sell to, to, to stores. And I, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like Kickstarter is a, is a great platform for independent publishers to, 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 I frankly, it just proves to me to that keep that independent that comic books, independent comic books. There's a place for it. Mm-hmm. Um, if Diamond says no to an independent publisher for their book, Kickstarter proves that yes, the fans want your book, and they will pay for it. They want to help it succeed and all that stuff. So, if anything, Kickstarter motivated me to start Comic Distro because it's just saying to 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 the industry whether it's um, Diamond or whoever that you may say no, you may not like our um, our work, but it doesn't matter what you think. It, all that matters is what the fans think, and they love our books and they they're gonna they want us to succeed. So we want to support independents who want to get their books in stores because a lot of comic book creators they have a dream to still have their books um, stocked in a comic book store. It, it's so it's great to have your books um, um, mailed directly to your fans and all that stuff. But it's also another thing, a good business model. So to still have your books in comic book stores or bookstores and, and things. Now, so I've, it's I've all about the, at, the spirit of the independent publisher. Yeah. And, and Alterna has taken some of those indie comics and has made deals, you know, once you get past the crowdfunding, I know uh, I know they're publishing Downcast right now from Clint Stoker, which was an Indiegogo title, and it and it fulfilled, and it shipped, and it's done, and now they're going back through and doing uh, single issues. And it seems to me that that would be 
at least another option as far as some of these books. I mean, you look at what Brian Polito's done, for example, with with Lady Death in his, you know, Coffin Comics, where he's been doing crowdfunding project after project after project after project. And he's he's proven it to be a sustainable model. I think he's done this now for what, you know, nine or ten years. Uh, you see Ethan Van Skyver making a couple of million on a couple of different campaigns here with his Cyberfrog thing. And yet the the Marvel and DC crowd, your professionals, are looking down their nose at all of these indie creators. And I think, why why is it not socially acceptable to be an indie creator? I mean, these guys are making bank. Now, not all of them are as successful as that, of course, but... It seems to me it's a just as legitimate a way to get comics out there. Are are you in any particular mode of thought when it comes to some indie creators are more acceptable than others in terms of what you'll what you'll publish and and what you want to see on shelves? Well, we don't want we we are we, we my apologies for the background noise. That's okay. It's all right. We we don't really have a preference for for what type of um genre your comic book is <laughs> we don't have a, 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 a we don't have a, a preference for that and we just want every every publisher pin, independence if you're doing a if you're doing a superhero book or 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 a biography comic book just have an opportunity to get your book in stores that's it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um, who you are or what type of books you're doing. Just just get your stuff in. Um, in just, just just have your book into stores. Yeah, and now, we don't. We we just feel that it shouldn't be a commodity um, to 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 get your books in stores. If you wanna if you wanna try to sell your books to retailers, just have a just 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 do it. Yeah. It should be a, a simple resource. So how is it? Uh, how what is what is the process? Say I've got a book, I've, I've gone through, it's published, it's done, I've got the, I've got the pages put together. Oh, sure, go ahead. <laughs> While he's doing that, let me, uh, let me go ahead and show you here the comic. Sorry distro. about that. No, Sorry that's okay. That. That's all right. Uh, I was just going to show people the, uh, the website again. It's comicdistro.com. So what's the process here? How does somebody get material to you? They sign up for an account, they upload. Is it, is it as easy as that? Bing, bang, boom. Yes, you create a free account. Um, you just tell the system that I'm a publisher and I have a physical address as a business. Once you have a free account, you can upload your print-ready PDF. We have, um, we have instructions on how we would like the print, the PDF to be so that it can be ready for print when it goes to a printer. And once you upload your, your 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 PDF, you enter the details about the book, like the the, the outline, the who's the creator, what's the target market for the book, the price of the book, price meaning um, your suggested retail price, and based off the pages of the book and other um, criteria like if it's a, a color comic or if it's a floppy comic book. Our system would calculate the printing price for that book, and you'd also, as a publisher, you can dictate the the um, the, the the cover price discounts. Like if it's fifty percent off the cover price or sixty, you can set that, and then you have your that calculates into your overall um, um, wholesale price that retailers would buy. Now, do you do you provide the ISBN numbers, or is that something that has to be in that print file, and all of that has to be set up ahead of time before they send it to you? Yeah, it's 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 up to the print um, the publishers to to supply their own ISBN, ISSN, UPC. Is that required from our platform? If you don't have a um, any type of product code, it's okay. Um, I would expect so, yeah, that would be helpful for retailers to have that, though, because, you know, they could just scan the barcode into their system. But if it's not necessary, I guess that would be an advantage uh, on that side. 
What about overseas? Is this, you know, are, are we limiting to the United States only or can you, can you take retail shops from outside the United States? Because I know shipping costs on a lot of this stuff is wildly variant in various different places, depending on where you're going. Is that a factor in, in who can use the service? Well, first of all, publishers can, um, anywhere in the world can, can use a service. We have publishers from just about every continent on the platform now. We do reach out to international um, stores, and yes, shipping is an, is a is a factor now. Um, what we hope to do in the future, we will, would like to be able to route um, printing and and product print fulfillment to those local regions, so it'd be ch- cheaper for those stores. That's something we're trying to um, automate in Ashisa now. We hope to have that rolled out. Um, sometime soon, but um, right now, when it comes to print fulfillment, it is based in the United States for now, but it's important for us to definitely route orders to local regions um, to serve international um, retailers. Now, do you have templates? Like say, if if I... I've never done a book before. I don't know how to format it. I don't know how to, you know, put the whole thing together in, in... printing form because your page layout is going to be different if you're just reading a PDF versus actually putting a book in and stitching it all together. Do you have templates for that sort of thing? And do, do your templates include something for manga? Because that gets that gets printed a completely different way. Yeah, so we have, we accept only three formats. Um, the single issue floppies, which is six by 10. We also um, accept graphic novels, um, the difference between the single, the floppies and graphic novels is the binding. And then we also um, accept manga formats. It's basically, it's perfect binding, but smaller. Mm-hmm. And we have templates for all of those books that we um, had to deal with. We have templates for the cover. Um, we have templates for the internal pages. And also, we, we have a, a way for publishers to calculate the spine um the spine dimensions of a, of a graphic novel or manga. Oh, okay. Because, so you say, I have yeah. this many pages and you calculate it's going to be this thick so we can we can design whatever artwork goes on the spine. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Very cool. So how did you get involved in comics, Austin? What's What, what started your... What, what got you started down this path of darkness and, and, <laughs> and shadow and... and Okay. Well, I started yeah, about maybe 21 years ago. I'm from Houston, and when I, at that time, <laughs> I wanted to get into Marvel and DC and all that stuff, but I felt I couldn't get in because I just didn't see a window for me to get into um, to those companies back at time in Houston. So I decided just to build a website for um, for my own comics. It was Ego Manga. And then I discovered that there's other great um, publishers out there. So I decided just to have my platform available for everybody. Um, we focus on original English manga, original English language manga for all that time. But we also work with other different genres. And I mean, that's basically how it came. I I, I was just a fan. I love illustrating. I love drawing. I just didn't feel I would get in, be able to get into the um, into the to the big companies back then. So I just did it myself, and and I just saw a community of other publishers and creators and studios who felt the same way. So that's where that came from, and. It's been a great. It's been a great um, career. I've learned a lot, yeah. and I've worked with many different great organizations: Marvel, DC, Viz, um, Image, and 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 I had to literally do everything from the beginning, like make a book, get the book out there, um, get an audience. So I know what I'm talking about, and and especially when it comes to 
the big the big commodity for me, a big milestone for me was diamond. Yeah. Because at the time, anybody, um, anyone can print a book and and go to a convention and and have a table at a show and and sell at at a convention, but to actually get your book into comic book stores, it's that was like a a, a, a career milestone for me. But twenty years later, I feel realized that it really shouldn't have to be. It, it doesn't need to be a milestone. People um, shouldn't be shouldn't have their businesses dictated by somebody, a, a small committee from Diamond saying yes or no to their work. Yeah. So that's why we decided to just to um, to have this platform for everyone, like like I did back in two thousand, to have a platform for everyone to have on to everyone to put their their comics on 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 a website. So 20 years later, I decided to have a platform to everyone to to get their comics in stores. It's now all the, about inclusiveness and, 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 like you said, democratizing um, comics. Yeah. Now, over on the indie crowd scene. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about the okay. background. So uh, over over in indie indie comics, there are a lot of them that are talking back and forth with each other. You know, lessons learned. I do this, do this, don't do what I do. Try something new. Type of conversations. Well, I I printed it this way, or I did this distribution. I used this printer, and I set this format, or did whatever. And so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of conversations where people are taking each other's experiences and learning from each other and improving the craft overall in terms of what what we're seeing out of the crowdfunding campaigns. What you're doing, there are not a whole lot of people that are doing what you're doing. So are, are there people that you're talking to and bouncing ideas off of? Where, are you, where do you get feedback in order to improve the model, as it were? I mean, how, how are you... How are you doing your evaluations, your your, your beta testing? Or are there people that are that are helping you come up with new innovations and improvements and updates? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely. First of all, I leverage my own experience as a as a publisher, but then I also reach out to industry um, industry professionals in publishing. Or, or the retail level, or even the press. Um, let's see, I, I, I launched a beta of Comic Distro in January, and I invited um, publishers to use the platform and test it out. So I got a lot of feedback and, and valuable information from um, um, publishers then to improve the, our platform. Because like comic books is always changing, it's always evolving. And it's, it's always good to just to um, just to always leverage the experience from the whole community. So I I started off in January. I, I invited publishers to test the platform out. I got feedback and experience from um, feedback and suggestions from them. Then I reached out to a, a group of um, um, retailers store, retail stores, and I got their feedback on what would be helpful for them and other retailers. Um, and I use that. I, I made, we made updates and, and, and modifications to our, our platform based off their experience being uh, retailers. Then um, I also talked to the, um, the media, the press like yourself, and many of these um, professionals, they, gave me some feedback, um, there, there are some ideas and suggestions on when we had conversations like this, they tell me what would be nice and I listen to them and we apply it to the platform. So it's very important to, to, to listen to everybody's feedback and, 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 and perspective about, um, the comic book industry, because you don't, not everybody knows everything. Right. Like as a publisher, you may not know the details of the retailer um, community, and likewise for the retailers, they may not know enough about the publishers. And same for the press. They, everyone has their own um, 
experiences and it's important to gain knowledge and and listen and to everybody's feedback and things. So I'm always doing that. I'm always listening to um, suggestions and and I'm always improving the site, the platform to make to to make it helpful for everybody. Uh, do you have plans to go to Comic Pro, uh, for example? I mean, because that's the big retailer summit every year up in, I believe, up in Oregon. Uh, do you do you see yourself there at some point, talking to retailers about what you're doing? Yeah, we hope. I would hope to. Um, right now, we are we're just dealing with on the, the regional side. Like we recently joined. A, we're trying to join the. The California Book Social Association. Um, they have a community of, of of bookstore buyers and book reps, and just that community in California where they meet up as well to help each other sell books better and all that stuff. So um, I, I'm I'm starting with that group, and then hopefully um, um, build from there, and hopefully um, have an opportunity to. to to go to the, the Comic Pro um, event and and be a part involved with that community as well. Where because else? the thing is, like, sorry, no, that's good. it's like it, it's uh, I'm I'm very all in now. Initially, I just I I, I just thought it'd be initially thought it would be cool to have a platform to 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 for people to upload their books and sell to stores. But working after working with um, with with tidal wave and and the uh, dealing with the uh, needs of independent publishers and retailers, I as a as a founder, I have to be in this hundred percent and hundred ten percent and all in. Yep. So I don't see myself as just a publisher who does this thing on the side. I'm a full on distributor. This is a career now, and for the sake of of publishers out there who want to get their books to stores who can't do it other way it means. Comic distro has to succeed, and we have to make this the best it can be for for the sake of the publishers, and for the sake of retailers who want another option as well. It sounds like there was a moment where the the switch got flipped, and you went from hobbyist to entrepreneur. What what was that moment for you? What was that that aha moment where you sat there and said? Okay, this is a for real thing now. We're not just dabbling. Was there a was there a particular point in time through all of this where you had that happen? Was it for a comic distro for Egomanka? Uh, well, for for either one. I mean, because you know, for for you, you say for as a comics creator, getting getting into previews, getting onto the diamond listings, that was one of those. That was things you know that makes it real. But for this for comic distro. Now, you know, like you say, with, with Tidal Wave coming on board, now this is a for real thing. Was that one? Was that a triggering point where you sat there and said, okay, not to say that you're not taking it seriously before that, but now it's even more mission critical that you're all in. Was there, was there a specific point where that happened? Yes. Well, I want to start with, with as a publisher, definitely when I got into, when I got into distribution, when um, I, as a, as it was one thing just to to make a comic book and print it out and and be at a show, but it's another thing to to have purchase orders from distributors and and make sure that your book is is um, shipped on time. It's an, it was actual business once you're once you're in the distribution system. That was my aha moment as yeah. a publisher when I got into Diamond and work with distributors because it's. It's a business then. For comic distro, I, I, all the publishers are important on the platform, but it was definitely working with with Tidal Wave that made it. It just, just gave me super motivation because, as you said yourself, Tidal Wave is an established um, publishing company and. They've been around for 20 years. They have thousands of titles, many best-selling books. They are having faith in Comic Distro to do well. So 
it was important for me and my team to make sure that we don't let companies like Tidal Wave and small and and small creators down, because these small creators they also they're the ones who send me texts about asking me what's going on, what's the, what's the developments with Comic Distro, and they're the ones who actually prodded me as a as a founder to 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 to, to, to getting gear. Yeah. These small these small publishers and um, I, I can't let them down, and especially um, can't let down uh, a company like um, Blue Tidal because. In the beginning, when I did reach out to many um, publishers on their level, they it was easy for them to say no, and we don't want to work with you guys. It's you're too. This isn't for us, and all that. It's but too new. Tidal, it's unproven. Yeah. yeah. So, title title wave they they legitimized our operations, and and it's real. Yeah. When, when they when they when they when the when the publisher of Tidal Wave um, quoted um, that this is um, that they're, they want they're happy to work with us and everything, so, now, so it, it was Tidal Wave with them for, for for me as a distributor for Comic Astro. Are there other publishers uh, like Tidal Wave, maybe on that level, or maybe even a higher tier level that you're? targeting focused on maybe you know okay now we've got tidal wave this gives us like you said it's more legitimacy it's more credibility now maybe we can circle back to image or dynamite or you know that that group dark horse maybe and open it up and say here's another option why don't you take a look or is there anybody in particular that you want to go after next well we're we're reaching out to everybody um image Whoever, but the thing is, like, this is a we have a good problem to have now with Tidal Wave. <laughs> they they literally have thousands of titles, okay, and they all the, their whole library can take over the site, can take over comic comic distro, and 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 drown out the other publishers that we have on there who have as little as one title on there. So what we don't want to do, we don't want to be um, top heavy and and. And just focus our attention on established um, publishers like Tidal, on Tidal Wave. We're ha we're grateful. We're happy that they're using our platform. That they want to work with us. But we don't want to forget about the 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 the, the um, one man comic studio, one man creator, or the small this the indie publisher out there. Yeah. Um, it's I think from my experience. That's where um, a lot of successful comic startups messed up, like Comixology and Crunchyroll and all that. They were very initially they were very independent friendly, and would bend over backwards for the independent community. But then all of a sudden, um, big companies got on board, like Marvel, DC got on board with Comixology, and, and, and it's all about them now. Yeah, it was not, it's not about the independence anymore. So. I, I was, I experienced that working with Comixology, so I don't want that to happen with my platform. Um, I want to definitely um, make sure that the independent um, publishers there that that they they have the exposure that they need to to, to succeed and and they won't be drowned out by a big uh, big publisher. Now, along those lines, do you see a point in the future where, because now, right now, you're business to business, you're you're publisher to retailer. Do you see a point in the future where possibly you have a business to consumer model, where you have the independent that one man shop who's writing and drawing and publishing and printing, he's doing it all himself, makes that comic available through through Comic Distro. And then at some point you can sit there and say, hey, this guy has sold X number of copies and now you shoot a note over to your retailer side of things and say, maybe you guys need to take a look at this book as possibly another entry point 
for the indie creators to get into retail shops because now they have a sales track record with consumers coming through Comic Distro. Do you see a point in time where that would be a workable piece of your model? Well, we try to do that with our platform now. Okay. Um, like on our platform, we have a, a, a self-published article section where publishers can upload articles and profile themselves to to the retailer audience on our platform. And also, we send out um, we send out emails to retailers, and they would see the um, the, the the independent creator on there. So we definitely want to build our, we, we definitely want to make more resources and tools that profile the one man or one woman shop, one woman or creator owned comic to, to retailers. Yeah. So um, it's important. So we, we, we definitely want to improve on that. It's, but you've we got do. a but you've got a twenty five book minimum as as far as the orders go, and a retailer sitting there going, "Well, this is this is somebody I've never heard of. Nobody has ever heard of. The art's kind of okay. Maybe I I have no idea if I'm going to be able to sell twenty five of these. I don't know that I want to take that kind of a risk. But if you have, you know, if you have a direct consumer uh, side of things where hey, this guy has already sold." 300 books all on his own through our service. Now maybe the retailer has a little bit more comfort level, I guess you could say, in order to take them on into the bookstores, into the shops. Do you think that that might be a possibility? Yeah, it, it is. We can, we can, well, first of all, there are sites out there that, that um, have that model already. Yeah. And it's, they're, they're, they've been having it for a long time and it's great. And all that, um, we we can definitely try to apply that movement in the future and all that. It's just right now with the pro the price of printing, it's very expensive to print do a print on demand um, uh, operation on one book. Yeah. So um, it's yeah if 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 things improve we can like we definitely try like, like to try that but um now are you guys yeah, we, we have to figure out some way to just just to be able to share analytics to to retailers for them to, to take a chance on a on a on, on a, on a self-creator um it's that's something we should build upon like like now like i mentioned before how we i always take feedback from press and 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 things this is good mm -hmm. It's a good idea as well. Wow, hopefully it's it's helpful. Um, now let me ask you this because you have you have this this particular model that is is out there now. Where do you see it five years from now? Because you look at comics in general, you look at the comics sales. Manga in the United States in the Western world is blowing up. You have hundreds of thousands of copies being sold on all these titles where you have something like DC or Marvel, they're doing good just to get 10,000 books sold or, or 5,000 books. You look at the top 100 and not too many of them are doing that well in terms of sales. And some people attribute that to a shrinking market. Some people look at that saying, well, Marvel and DC has gotten too political with their stories. I don't want to buy them anymore. So for whatever reasons, the comics market seems to be shrinking. So where do you see comics in general, but also comic distro, you know, two years down the road, five years down the road, what would you like to see? Well, I would definitely like to see um, more publishers definitely doing more um, direct to just, I'd like to see a, a total disruption in, in the conventional distribution um, system because it's not just diamond it's not an issue with diamond but the whole mass market distribution has trouble has problems as well like the whole fact that a big box retailer can can ask for a, make a, a, a print order for thousands of books 
but only sell like let's say like five and only pay for those five but yeah thousands of copies are just wasted or returned that's 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 a problem in itself but well and then you I have the other the other problem I, with I, the I, variant covers you know where you have the ratios where you have to buy 25 of the regular cover in order to get one of a particular variant you have all of this extra and all of this overage. I know Marvel's notorious for this kind of thing, but you have now all of these books that you might or might not be able to sell, like what you're talking about. There's a lot of returns in that business. Yeah, that's what I feel. I, um, I would say that um, print out a man is it's still kind of like it, it's it's not a it's not a very um, accepted model but i feel it's the most um economically economically friendly to the environment sure we're not wasting um we're not wasting inventory we're not um cutting down a lot of trees for books that aren't sold and everything we're only making books that are that'll be consumed so now what kind of paper are you printing? Are you guys doing glossy, you know, magazine style uh, stuff? You're doing newsprint yeah, or are you doing a mix? It, it, will, it depends on the book itself. Um, well, I believe like if it's a color book, it's definitely glossy. Um, if it's a manga, then it's the, I, I, I can't think of the term. I think it's either 50 or 80 pound um, paper. Okay. It depends on the, the book that's being, it's created for. I, I think for all of our comics now, we're, regardless if it's black or white, for the comics, for the floppies, um, it's all glossy now. But um, but for manga, it's black and white manga. It's it's a different type of paper. Have you had any conversations about printing on newsprint? Yeah, it. I'm gonna listen to the. I'm going to listen to what the. What the industry wants, it seems like the trend is glossies. It's what's be, being used yeah. for the last, at least the last ten years. So um, I love, I personally love newsprints. Um, I, I print it for my own comics and everything, whether it's black or well for black or white comics. I love newsprint, but it seems like the um, the trend is. It's just a print in, in glossy, but if if there's enough publishers who watch their books in newsprint or classic style printing paper, we can definitely we'll definitely listen to them and, and make our our options for those for those people. But um, yeah, we're just listening to what's what's going on now and. Seems like glossy, whether regardless if it's, if it's black or white, it's or cop color, right. it's what pub, uh, publishers use. So, what's next for you as a creator? I mean, this is this has got to be taking up a lot of your time. Are you writing anything at this point, or you just this is this is the thing 110 15 percent of your time? <laughs> no, um, I can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. Um, <laughs> just last week. Ego Manga announced that we're working on a new comic book with NBA um, point guard De'Aaron Fox, with the he plays for the Sacramento Kings. So we're working on a comic book um, with him. I'm part of the writing team for that, and <laughs> this is an exclusive for you. We're actually going to announce next week that we will be um, working on a, a, a manga called Old Man. It was originally a Taiwanese um, comic book of um, for volume manga series, but we were licensed. We've obtained the licensing rights for that book, and we plan on releasing it starting in November. So, me as a publisher, yeah, I'm working on those two books, and I have another book that I I, I have my own book. Right. Um, it's called Vanguard Princess. It's based off of a a video game that we published on Steam. Um, we 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 work on a mini a mini series for that. So um, I'm also writing on those. I so I'm doing three books while I'm working on comic distro, and it's fine. 
it helps me definitely improve comic distro because um, it just helps me understand what, if I want to sell to stores, I, I want to, this is that type of information that I want to convey to to retailers or what whoever. So whatever I'm applying to making, making my own comic books and which will sell yeah. to stores, I'm, I'm applying those, um, making updates on the platform comic, comic distro. Well, congratulations on the old man license. Do you have any others that you're out there chasing that you'd really like to get into uh, into the Igo Manga umbrella? Well, right now we're working with their publisher. They have a lot of great titles that we want to work with. Um, we're excited. Old man was our was our was our priority. They have some other titles. Um, the publisher is called um, Tung Lee. Um, publishing they're based in taiwan and they the old man um publication the old man um um story was created by uh, a creator name was um <laughs> xing xing shang i may be pronouncing it wrong but he's done some really great comics beside old man so after we're done with old man we hopefully work on his other stuff he's done stuff called the hidden level Baby, um, I'm excited to um, hopefully in, in work with those after we had done old man. But uh, and then there's uh, from Korean there's some Korean titles we're working with. We're also happy to work with uh, uh, a book with a uh, with a, a Scottish creator. Um, he's he wants to adapt his his. European style comic into manga, so we're, we're happy to to start with that. And and there's this Japanese comic we're working with with a um, a physicist in Japan. Um, he he has a the the Astro Boy to I won't even pronounce I won't even say the name right, but he applied the Astro Boy the early Astro Boy Speed Racer art artistry into his manga style. So okay, so we're we're, we're happy to uh, publish that book based off of the classic um, 1960s um, anime manga artistic style era, era. And are you seeing any particular types of books that are selling better than others at this point in, in terms of what's going through, uh, what the retailers are ordering from, from Comic Distro, or is it too soon to tell? Oh yeah, you know I'm I'm surprised actually. A lot of educational books were um, are, are favored by the by the um, retailers, and um, we have a few um, books that 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 have a that aren't superhero books, that, but they talk about the the themes about they talk about the environment or some type of social. Um, social issue mm -hmm. and those have been pretty um those have been well for us so you, you think the um yeah you think you know one thing then the <laughs> industry tells you a whole other thing yeah so. all right well uh the the site igo manga is spelled e-i-g-o manga.com and of course the new outfit comic distro.com if you are uh, connected with a retailer in any way, and you're looking for a way to get some new books on the shelves, and we check that out. And uh, awesome when when uh, when things uh, start to pop with old man, and you're getting ready to to drop that. Maybe we do uh, uh, another bring you back on, and we'll talk about whatever new projects you've got coming up. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm. I would love to talk about old man. It's a, a fantastic story. The artwork is amazing. We plan to release that in in November, so hopefully. Sometime before then, we'd be happy to talk with you about it. Or right. if you wanted a review, that's fine too. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. So uh, we'll get we'll get some information here from you here, and uh, that's going to do it for us for today. Austin Oswaki, thank you very much for being here, sir. Good luck thank with you everything. And uh, just real quick, just to let everybody know, we are going to be doing a special edition of the Ranker Pit tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to do it an hour early. We'll probably go for a couple of hours and talk about the pilot episode of The Bad Batch that just dropped. 
yesterday, so we'll be doing that. We hope you join us for that. Tomorrow we've got another Live from the Bunker and then new Tardis sauce this weekend. So we hope you join us. If you are new to the channel, we do invite you to subscribe. Hit your notification bell. On the way out, if you want to hit the thumbs up, you're welcome to do that too. We always appreciate that. And don't forget, you can leave a comment. You can send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. And that's going to do it for us. Remember, there are four lights. Back tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.